0: The KM Community Podcast, bringing you stories from Kent's communities
1: every week.
0: Hello and welcome to the KM Community Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver Kemp, and I'll be bringing you the stories that matter at the heart of communities across the county. If you have a story you think needs to be told, just use the hashtag KM Community on social media, or you can email me on okemp at thekmgroup.co.uk. This week, addiction is affecting people in the UK more than ever. A report by the Centre for Social Justice revealed about one in three drug deaths by overdose that occur in Europe happen in this country. The NHS has estimated that there were 338,000 admissions where the primary reason for admission to hospital was attributed to alcohol. Moreover, only 2% of the nearly 430,000 problem gamblers are actually in treatment. How can we combat the grip of addiction on our society? To look for answers, I visited the recovery lodge in Sittingbourne, a private residential drug rehab. The company was started by Jamie Cheney, who first began drinking at the age of eight.
2: Looking back now in hindsight, after being in recovery for a long period of time, um yeah, I, I had this disease of self within me um, from like primary school, you know. Having to feel superior to everyone, and if I felt inferior, building that wall, that putting that facade up to stop anyone coming in and hurting me, you know. Um, dysfunctional family, and yeah, it was loads going on from when I was young, but you, you, you block all that out and put on a front and Try and be the best person you can. And um, I found alcohol at the age of eight, and uh, wow, I tasted it and it was disgusting, but what it had done to me was, well, euphor- euphoric, you know. Um, yeah, and I drunk to blackout at the age of eight, whiskey, and uh, I never done it continuously um, up until the age of 14, 13, 14. Um, yeah, and I was drinking daily from then up to the age of about 30, 31. Had a massive stroke and stuff. and Yeah, but before I lost license and uh, police cells and prisons, institutions. Um, yeah, and then eventually I, I went into treatment myself um, a couple of times. It wasn't until I surrendered to me that uh, I needed help from something more powerful than me, and that's that's when everything started to change, you know, because um, my mental defense was to protect me from from feeling, really, having any feelings and emotions. Um, yeah, and, and when I did get them feelings and emotions, I, I used alcohol um, to dilute that um, so I could yeah, it's just all this, all a false bravado around how, how you need to be and being happy. I was never happy until I come into recovery. I didn't know how to be happy. I didn't know how to be. My life was driven by alcohol, you know, and quite successful. Um, yeah, and then, then it stopped working, and then I was banging in trouble, and that's when I went into treatment. watched my dad and he used to bring clients home from work and stuff and he used to sit there and have a drink in the drinks cabinet and I thought it was a cool thing to do you know and I've done it and but loved it so I've learnt now that it affects us different to normal people and it creates an allergy and I have a mental obsession. Um, I'm an addict, alcoholic so it's um manifests itself in many different ways, not just alcohol or the drug of choice. Well, alcohol is a drug, but in liquid form, you know? Um, So, so yeah, it's my behaviours, my dishonesty. Can never be honest, didn't know what that meant, you know? Jamie
0: explained to me that it's easy to find excuses to having an addiction, but the important thing is to take ownership and do something about it.
2: It was an excellent place to grow up, but not in that household. Like, but my head would tell me that I was born to the wrong parents, went to the wrong school, lived in the wrong country, you know what I mean? And if it, the justification there of my behaviour, so it's looking at it and being and accepting what is um, and going with that, you know, you've been dealt that hand. So it's, yeah, it's been a roller coaster of a journey. Um, Yeah, um, I'm in a a real good place at the moment, you know, um, especially delivering what we deliver here. I develop and build for a living, but this is where my passion is because it saved my life. And and we're doing the the same for others, you know, um, on a daily basis. And seeing the light come on, them having that light bulb moment and the realisation of, they are the problem, not their mum, their dad or anyone else. So it's they might have caused or added to the disruption within. But it's we gotta deal with this. We gotta have them feelings. We gotta have these emotions. We gotta speak. We gotta ask for help. In the past all I'll try to do all that in my head, you know. Anyone with a good career I've got mentors and, and that's that's what we suggest here, you know, when they leave and get into Mutual aid meetings, um, get this out for sponsor, someone to take them through this work properly, you know. Um, yeah, and re- rehabilitation, um, people coming here for 28 days up to um, a three month period. Um, you're just discovering yourself. So it's, and we take them to mutual aid meetings, and it's when they they leave here, the aftercare, they come back here a couple of three or four times but their aftercare is getting into the meetings getting a sponsor and working a program on a daily basis which I do um, yeah and that's, that's where it really is and that's when the happiness so you got discovery in rehab and then you got recovery in the anonymous fellowships so yeah and that's, that's how I see it you know um, we're just trying to make them look at themselves in here and and go to places where they don't want to go, um, to open them up and, and it's safe to get vulnerable here, you know, uh, professional people in a safe environment.
0: Jamie also admits the residential rehabilitation isn't a foolproof method. He relapsed after his first stint in rehab before successfully getting clean a second time.
2: I went in for six weeks the first time, um, pay you money, you know, and you think you're going to come out fixed, but that's not the case and I found that out and uh, I come out it was three months later. I was trying to go to AA and stuff. But um, the truth of it was, I couldn't get honest in rehab the first time round. Um, especially not to me. I was lying to me and everyone else in there. And, um, yeah, just thought I was going to be... I tick-boxed it, done it as an exercise, really, when I needed to do it from my heart. Um, yeah, so, yeah, this is from within. It's an inside job, so we need to look within, and it is painful sometimes. Um, yeah, well, all the time. It's still painful now, you know. Um, a lot of people don't want to stop drinking. They come in here to try and be able to go out there and drink properly. But it's a programme of abstinence, so which we deliver. and Yeah, and we drum that into them. Um, it's paramount um, that they know that, but some of them go out there and do a bit more research. And uh, unfortunately, we've had a, a few people come back a couple of times, but not many. Um, we're quite successful here in what we deliver. Um, Yeah, and I swear by it, you know, I'm living proof and uh, as long as I keep doing what I'm doing on a daily basis.
0: This week, Jamie is organising Recovery Week, an event across social media to raise awareness to the stigma surrounding addicts and encouraging those struggling to reach out and
2: get help. It's about trying to be become united and make people aware, you know. Um, it's a unity of people. Everyone in their family must have someone who suffers from some form of addiction, so it's trying to make everyone aware, the families, the mums and dads, the brothers and sisters of the stuff suffering addicts. And they are suffering, you know, and they're trying to change the way they feel. Um, underlying mental health, you know, which um, there's not a lot of it out there at the minute. They're shutting places down that should be open. They should be opening places. Um, yeah, and everyone's becoming more more aware of this mental health, you know. And there's adverts on the TV and and stuff. And I know a lot of people who have committed suicide through this illness. Um, when the drink and drugs stop working, um, if they can't be honest with themselves and ask for help, the next alternative is. To take their own lives, and some very good friends of mine have done that in the past. So that's how our, um, our evil this illness is, you know.
0: Julian Blackmore is a group psychotherapist at the Recovery Lodge and also has his own addiction story.
1: I used a lot, lots of different types of, of drugs, particularly cannabis, um, uh, but alcohol um, is really my, sto- my story, and I. You know i started drinking at a very at a very young age you know that, that christmas time i loved it i was able to drink baby sham and sherry sweet sweet alcoholic drinks that kids kind of like and so it was very natural you know to start drinking sort of pints of bitter when i was 16 17 um, i was a sportsman back in those days so you know particularly cricket and so you know there was a what what we used to call the apperay cricket, you know, you know, was was kind of uh, was drinking pints of bitter or light and bitter and so on. And every week that went past, you know, it was a matter of pride to have one more pint than you had before. now well, I went to university, and my drinking was never a massive issue. Then, in fact, it was actually sort of when I trained as a teacher, I was about twenty two, twenty three, that my drinking really took off, and I started drinking regularly during the day um, as well as, and it started to affect my life. Um, It affected my emotional life. It affected my professional life. Um, I didn't have a career um, as a school teacher because of my drinking and and drug use. Mind you, I don't think I ever could have been much of a school teacher anyway. I don't think I'm cut out for that kind of thing. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. It damaged, in the end, my drinking damaged every aspect uh, of, of, of my life my romantic life my uh, yeah my emotional life my intellectual life um, it cut into every um, area and became the most important thing in my life that's what happens in in addiction it becomes the most important thing so that's why when um, when wives or husbands say, "If you loved me and if you loved the children, you would stop doing this thing. Um, alcoholics and addicts, though a part of a part of them may acknowledge that they need to do that, they're actually unable to do that because um, the addictive behavior is dominating it almost becomes like the master the master clock of everything it dominates. All behaviour, everything, kind of, you know, all roads lead back to um, the addictive behaviour, and a lot of addicts are are kind of risk takers by nature, and they they kind of they gamble on the fact that somehow or other they will be able to get away with it.
0: Now the recovery lodge is private, which means a struggling addict would need to find the funds to pay to stay here. Julian believes the government should be putting more money into residential recovery, which he believes is the best way to get clean.
1: I mean, I think it's a sort of a, a, a healthcare disgrace. Actually, I think it's a scandal um, that um, you know treatment, the sort of treatment that we offer, is 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 not available more freely. I don't think it. Should. I think in a way it's quite good that people kind of pay for it because because when you pay for something it it means that you're more likely to get to want to get value for money as it were. Sometimes when things are kind of just freely offered to people then they kind of take them for granted. Nevertheless um, unfortunately what seems to work best for addiction is residential treatment Um, you know and that has the function of, of, it has a twofold fold function. Um, one the building of relationships within that sort of residential setting is of crucial importance but secondly it kind of removes people from the immediate environment of their using or drinking um, and sometimes that needs to happen. Um, you know one of the reasons that sort of, daycare isn't so effective is that people kind of at a very early stage uh, of looking at all of this you know have to go back to their kind of familiar environment and there are all the cues there you know to, ret- to return to using so w- we believe or i believe anyway and, um, and you know and i was in treatment myself in in 1988 that's a hell of a long time ago anyway um, Residential, residential treatment and a group therapy setting um, is, in my opinion, the, be- the, best, the best method.
0: As we head towards another election, people like Julian and Jamie will be hoping to see better provision offered to addicts by whichever government ends up in power. Thanks for listening to this week's episode on addiction. If you want to share your story, use the hashtag KM Community. And if you want to contact me directly, send me an email at OKemp at thekmgroup.co.uk. The KM Community Podcast.
2: Bringing you stories from Kent's communities every week.